Hey everybody, before we start here, I just want to take a moment and call out to anyone listening who's experienced something they consider to be paranormal or supernatural. I'm working on an upcoming Halloween-themed listener story episode, and I'm going to feature those among you who've seen a ghost or experienced a haunting. So if you have something to share, send it to me in a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact. That episode will be released just in time for Halloween. But if you want to get started on the holiday early, I just released the latest episode in my popular Walk Amongst the Dead in Halifax Cemetery Tour Halloween special, and that's available right now as an early release exclusively on Amazon Music. So again, if you have a ghost story to share, go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact and get in touch with me. Now let's get to the episode. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the last week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of October 17th, 2023, Aaron and I begin our descent into the horrors of Halloween. We discuss a recent study on Canadian Halloween spending habits. We'll hear about the theft of decorations from the yard of a beloved over-the-top Halloween decorator in Ontario. We're going to talk about the cat who came back a half decade later. And we'll consider the sales practices of a place called Crazy Bins. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Happy holidays, buddy. Oh, yes. Happy holidays. That's that's a very uh, diplomatic greeting. Is it? Uh, it's We're 17th of October is when we're recording this. I think Halloween is in full swing. I was at a couple stores today. A Dollarama, Winners. Uh, oh, the other store was like UPS. That They didn't have any Halloween stuff there. But UPS, no. No, they're already scary enough. <laughs> uh, Dollarama and Winners certainly had Halloween sections. Um, people were in there getting some last-minute shopping costume ideas. Man, I'm so excited. I mean, maybe you're not as excited as me. You're you're a Halloween guy, but you're not like a nut about it, right? Well, I am a Halloween guy. I I really enjoy Halloween. Only like I I like handing out treats, but in my neighborhood, I just I just don't get any kids. Apparently, okay. you know, my this is my third Halloween here. Mm-hmm. in this house and yeah i had four kids the first year i was here i had none last year That's so and sad. um i love yeah i love putting the treat bags together i love seeing the costumes handing them out having a scary movie on in the background and yeah my dreams are just getting crushed over and over again here in this neighborhood i'm just gonna put it out there we get typically between 100 and 150 kids if you want to get in the car and come up to halifax we can always use help passing out treats, maintaining order around our lawn. I don't like people messing with my inflatables and stuff. If you do mm. want to come up, you're more than welcome. But 150 is a lot. Like you're working when you're doing that. Like I like 20, 25 kids, you yeah. know, that way, yeah, you know, someone comes to the door every five, 10 minutes, you know, you're not run off your feet. Uh, mm. It's not a job. Um. I'd love to talk about Halloween all night and we're probably going to, but let's take a quick break from it. And let me just ask though, how are you? Is there anything you want to say or talk about or update us on about your life? Well, I um, was up your way on the weekend. Mm-hmm. 
And I stayed at your mother's again. Mm-hmm. Your mother was not there. Hey, make that clear. <laughs> let's be that's for the legalities of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Your mother was not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either were you. Normally, I've stayed there a few times now at your mother's. Normally, you greet me at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're there kind of just finishing tidying up and getting the place ready. And it's a nice uh, kind of introduction into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but you weren't there this time. And you're better for it. You know why I wasn't there, right? Oh, well, you're sick. I've, I'm not sick now, but I had been so sick in the thought of infecting you with whatever cold or influenza or whatever it was that my children brought home from school was a thought I couldn't even bear to have. I didn't even want to have the risk. I went in there to clean up before you showed up. I had two masks on, gloves, mm-hmm. uh, spraying aerosol, like stuff around me. and Just don't get sick uh, yeah, no. when I'm coming up. That's Le- the lesson the learned. answer to this. Yeah. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, before we get into the stories and before we tackle our mission of keeping Canada weird by way of sharing and discussing and celebrating the weird, unique and unusual things that happened in this great nation over the last week. Uh, Let's touch in with some listeners, some members of the Keep Canada Weird Nation. We got quite a few voice memos tonight. So right off the bat, I want to get into a few and then we're going to sprinkle a few throughout the show. Uh, First one I want to play, just I guess maybe this ties into the idea of spreading sickness and disease because hugging and being close to people does increase risk. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked a couple weeks back when we heard the story of the fella in PEI who they were on the lookout for who was randomly hugging people, uh, you and I talked a little bit about our thoughts on being hugged by people we know or even by strangers. I think we both kind of agreed we're not uh, big huggers. Um, I have an, a, a voice memo from a listener who wanted to share their thoughts on hugging in the context of almost approaching you for a hug. Listen to this. Oh, okay. Hi, Jordan. This is Charlene. I'm a longtime listener. Um, I just wanted to touch base about an episode that we listened to last weekend on our way home from Sydney. Uh, I also think I might have seen Aaron at the St. Peter's Tim Hortons. I was at the back of the parking lot having a little puff, and uh, I think he came down and smelt it. But when I went in uh, to say hello when he was in Tim Hortons, he was waiting in the lineup for the bathroom. And, you know, the St. Peter's Tim Hortons, it's not very big. So I held back from yelling across the the room, keep Canada weird. Um but interesting. I wanted to say hi to him. I love your guys' uh, Keep Canada Weird podcast. So on the way home from Sydney, we were listening to an episode and it was about hugging. And it was quite funny because uh, a friend of mine that was with me in the passenger seat is also a co-worker and she hates hugs. And I absolutely love hugs. Um I hug everybody and I honestly don't take no for an answer. Um, and she was laughing the whole time because I have definitely invaded her space more than once. Um, and I don't know why that is because 
I guess I do believe in personal space, but I feel like you just don't know how much I care for you unless I can give you a hug. But uh, yeah, you guys are doing awesome. And I'm definitely a Cape Breton hugger and uh, keep up the great work. And hopefully next time, Aaron, if I see you, um, I'll get a chance to say hello. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. So a lot oh, wow. to say. there's a sure. lot to unpack she, she is excited oh, what like that is a typical cape retina right uh yeah that's in the ballpark of a typical oh. islander for sure yeah. um uh, there's a lot i want to address though about okay, just jump in okay so when did she say that she saw me this would have been i think like a week and a half ago a week and a half ago so i have some unfortunate news for charlene was it Charlene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Charlene, that was not me. <laughs> oh, so she almost shouted, keep Canada weird at some dude yeah. in the lineup for the bathroom at Tim Hortons. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a there's a doppelganger out there and he loves Tim Hortons, but I hate Tim Hortons. I try my best not to go there. That was not me. I was not in St. Peter's for quite a while. You wouldn't even uh, use their bathroom? I would never use their bathroom. No, I'd, I'd sooner use a bathroom in my own pants than go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's Tim Hortons. Come on. Out of spite. Yeah. You can't have my pee. Um, yeah, it wasn't me. Uh, but I would have enjoyed the story if it, you know, you had have run up to this person thinking it was me and hugging them and saying you love them and then realizing it's a stranger. And that probably wouldn't bother you by the sounds of it. So. <laughs> close call i guess in a lot of different ways yeah um, so before the listeners out there start calling me a hypocrite i was not in the tim hortons in saint peter's in a very long time okay mm -hmm. uh listen to this one you remember in kitchener there was a situation we talked about a few weeks back uh there was a sign that had a small bush growing in front of it and a couple um ladies from and maybe a man as well. A couple residents were really upset about the overgrown sign uh, casting a bad look on their community. You remember this? I remember it vividly, yes. We have a correspondent in Kitchener named Jason who's able to give us an update and let us know exactly what is going on with the sign in Kitchener. This is breaking news. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Jason from the, the Kitchener office here. Uh, just want to give you an update on a story from a while back. Uh, the sign with a bunch of weeds in front of it, they cleaned it up. They cleaned it up. It's clean. Um, sending a picture through so you guys can see. But uh, things take a little while in the Kitchener, but uh, we got her done. Okay, so there's a little update for you. So the Kitchener office, when we opened that office, you you were like, it's not worth the money. There's not enough work to be done to keep Canada weird in Kitchener. We don't need a staff there. I said, do it. Mm -hmm. We got Jason in control of it. We gave him a key to the office. And this yep. is the kind of news he's bringing to us. Yeah, no, we really appreciate it. I, I was actually just before that voicemail came in from our Kitchener office, I was signing Jason's pink slip <laughs> to basically fire him from the Kitchener location because there was just no breaking stories coming out of there. And but then now, this bombshell. This bombshell hit. Now we're going to have to go deep into this and... Uh, and we're going to have to give Jason a raise. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, which is, he'll get three Wonder Bars a week. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and half of a Robin's coffee. Yeah. Let's get into it. Enough catching up with listeners, although we're going to be catching up with, well, listeners and staff members. We'll be catching up with more throughout the episode that I'll, I'll sprinkle in uh, strategically. We got to keep Canada weird. The way we're going to do it is by discussing Canadian Halloween stats and the results of a recent survey related to Halloween. We're going to talk about the theft of some Halloween decorations and how that may affect the celebration this year. We'll hear the tale of a cat that came back after five years. And we're going to end with uh, a story that speaks to me personally. I just simply call it Crazy Bins. Where do you want to start with this? Let's start with the Halloween stats. Let's, I think let's get the data out of the way. I think that's a great spot to start. And this is one like I would suggest, Aaron, before we get into this, you get a pen and paper ready because we have a lot of numbers, but it's not just spewing math and statistics and details. I think these are important numbers that are going to give us a good view, a good top down bird's eye view of Halloween in Canada in the year 2023. What we're going to be talking about is there was a national consumer research study on Canadian Halloween shopping habits that was just completed. The data is now available. The survey was done. uh, It was a randomized online survey that polled tens of thousands of Canadians asking them various questions about their activities and behaviors and spending practices. in the Halloween season. Before we before we get to the numbers and the data, I'm going to play you a short news clip that's a sort of primer that Global News put together um, surrounding this, but it's uh, I, I think it gives us a good look at the story to get started with. Here it comes. Candy and scary are the hallmarks of Halloween. <laughs> when the costumes and the goodies get expensive, Lovers of the spooky stuff try to find a way around it. I actually think he should, if we did Adam's family, he would be Lurch. Felicia Walker and Alessa LeBlond are here to win the shop. We are not really sure what we want to do for Halloween this year, but we do like to scare kids. Scare the kids and give them some candy. Candy, it's the same price, but the sizes have gone down. Like the bags of popcorn are Chips are now like this, like they're pocket size now and they didn't used to be. Based on the survey done for the Retail Council of Canada, 81% of Canadians are expected to spend more or the same than last year. Not Beetlejuice, her hair. Walker is among the 19.2% who do not want to spend more. So the alternative is to mix and match. Adult costumes have always been silly expensive, but kids' costumes are now getting up there as well. So we have our kids mix and matching what they they want to do. That's why the shop around at different stores. Throughout the year, we're looking at like Value Village and stuff and seeing what we can find and make shift something out of that. So 144.26. About 48% of Canadians who celebrate Halloween say they're willing to spend more than $50. Now people are going crazy for Halloween. It's like... A lot of haunted houses, a lot of people, more people are dressing up. Halloween's very important. I grew up with it being like the coolest holiday ever. I always wanted my Christmas tree to be covered in Halloween decorations. Uh, My kids are also like that. Not even inflation can scare people away from enjoying that day. (laughs) 
So that news clip kind of brought us into the site of a spirit Halloween to kind of look over the shoulder of a few shoppers. Uh, they, they brought up things like the cost of costumes. They talked about um, treats getting smaller, uh, like, you know, the stuff that you would that you would hand out. They talked about having to cut corners because of the costs and doing things like having to go to Value Village and doing makeshift costumes. Uh, in hearing that clip, before we get into the survey and the stats, do you got any initial reactions to some of the concepts that were brought up during that? I agree that the size of the candy has gotten smaller. The whole shrinkflation mm -hmm. idea where you see not just at Halloween, but this is 24 seven all year round. Mm. Uh, you're seeing, especially in the snack industry, uh, you're seeing bars that are smaller. You're seeing bags of chips that have less chips in them. Uh, cookies that have less cookies than they did before. Uh, that, that's all across the board right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've really noticed it all that much with Halloween candy because I like when I'm, I think back to trick or treating as a kid, some houses would just give you a couple of those, you know, the little candy where it's just like a little mess of stuff wrapped in paper, like twisted. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a kiss like, or not a kiss. Um, what were they called? I don't know. I just called them like that crappy Halloween candy. They're disgusting. Um, do you have a particular name? Like it's though. like orange wax paper that's wrapped around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly the ones you're talking okay. about. Someone's um, screaming at their phone listening to us, but I know, I know. They're they're literally unsubscribing from our podcast right now. I thought it was kisses, wasn't it? I don't know. Let's yeah. call them kisses. Um, but I, I remember homes giving like you go to a house and you get little like crap like that. Then you go to a house and you get the little bag of chips that fits in your hand and then you find the house that's given out full bars or big the full bags size of chips yeah and, yeah big time you know, and you got to tell your friends about it because you all got to get in on it but I, yeah. I don't find the the giving out the treats i don't find that very expensive um no i, I think oh, you could probably spend 25 30 dollars or depends on how i mean you have 150 kids coming to your door I mean, you must be spending at least $100, $150. When we get into the stats, I'll I'll tell you kind of where I fall because I was surprised. I'm certainly an anomaly when we get into the into the numbers as far as the spending and, and whatnot. But I think what, what has changed with Halloween since we were kids is I think the um like, like the big business of it. Like I don't think it was when we were kids, there wasn't I don't rec at least I don't recall like a spirit Halloween and these places that have really like monetized Halloween to the extent that it's done now. Like if you if you want to, you can spend a fortune on a costume and, you know, and there's all these accessories and stuff to that go along with it. Um, that kind of surprises me. But I don't think people need to get tied up in that. There's still like I still prefer someone who's able to uh, a costume that's done creatively using, you know, Value Village and you know secondhand thrift stuff and throwing it together in a creative way but i'm not I've, yeah. I've never been one for dressing up really i think you're probably more of a costume person than no me. no you're dead wrong on that i really? i don't like dressing up at halloween because i guess because i always got that out of me doing a lot of theater i dress up in costumes fairly regularly in my life so i don't feel the need to do it on halloween i just like the atmosphere of halloween 
Um, but I did, I was too curious and I did look up the name of that candy and I was right. It's, it's, uh, their kisses, their molasses kisses. Okay. Um, I think it might be more of a Canadian thing, but my dad loved them. And so when, when I would get home at the end of the night, you know, out trick or treating for three hours, going to every house possible, I'd have thousands of these things in a garbage bag. And I didn't like them, but my dad loved them. And he would just pound back just dozens of them every night after wow. Halloween. Wow. Um, we got to send some to your dad. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, he'd like that. <laughs> uh, let's get into the numbers here. We can we can talk about our, our spending habits um, as we go through it. So the, the first kind of data point on the survey that I wanted to highlight was simply aiming to answer the question, who celebrates Halloween in Canada? Um, of, their, uh, of all of the participants to the survey, they asked that question in the form of, do you plan to make a purchase related to Halloween or to help you celebrate Halloween? 57% uh, of Canadians plan to make a purchase to help celebrate Halloween this year. I thought that number was a little low. Either, I agree. It sounds like, very low to me. Yeah, because the most people, I would think, pass out treats at their door more than 57% of the homes. But then again, if you live in an apartment building or something, which a lot of Canadians would, um, you, you maybe you don't have that opportunity. But even them, a lot of them would have decorations in their home or put on a costume or something. I'm surprised it's 57. That strikes me as very low. Yeah, or even bake Halloween-themed cookies or something to have with their friends and family, like mm -hmm. going to a Halloween party and... And and maybe purchasing a mask or something. I don't yeah. know anything. Because because Halloween, it's there's no religious like it's it's a thing for everybody. Like I I don't know if there are people that don't. Well, there celebrate. are people who don't celebrate for religious reasons because it's kind of a a pagan uh, thing, right? Mm -hmm. I guess, but you don't have to do what we do and like sacrifice the goat at the end of the night and bathe in the blood. Like not everyone would do that but no but it's 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 considered unholy it's it's yeah. celebrating you know the 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 ghouls and the monsters and yeah so i think there are hardcore religious people that are against halloween so the, mm. i don't think that percentage is very high okay yeah I, i'm surprised 57 percent. the next one is the question is uh aiming to seek aiming to answer the question of like how much are canadians spending they gave everyone who took the survey the option of like clicking a button of a, a range of how much you're spending like 50 to 100 dollars 100 to 150 and so on 51 percent of canadians will be spending 50 dollars or less on halloween 30 percent will be spending between 50 and 100 nine percent between 100 and 150 dollars four percent between 150 and 200 and it continues to decrease until it's in you know the zeros 0.1 percent or whatever until you get to the point at spending over 500 dollars then it goes up to 1.4 percent so it's it's kind of mm. odd the way the way the numbers would work there but the big surprise there for me is that 50 percent of the people will be spending 50 dollars or less but i guess that number is influenced by the fact that there are was that 43 percent of canadians aren't going to do anything yeah that those numbers make sense to me because I mean, $50 or less, half the people participating in Halloween are going to spend that much or less. Like that's how much I'll be spending or less. Like, I'll, really, even though I don't really get 
any to, you know, very little kids uh, in this house that I've been in the past couple of years, I'm still going to be prepared just in case I get an unexpected wave. So I'll spend probably 40, 30 to $40 on okay. on candy and whatever I don't give away, I bring to work. And so I don't stuff my face and cry <laughs> at home. I did for spending this year, I did $60 on treats, maybe 70 or 80 after taxes and everything. So let's say $75 after tax on treats that I'll be giving away. Um, on costumes this year, just last week, I spent $130 on costumes for my two kids, which I yeah. think is nuts, but it's like you kind of have to, to get a costume now, unless you get yeah. them. That you make sounds one. right. My oldest right. is going as a Pokemon character. My youngest is going as Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. Oh, cool. And then on top of that, home decor is very expensive. And I'm such a sucker for that. If you come in my living room right now, it's like a horror show. Mm -hmm. I got into, uh, you know how people do a Christmas village, like little yep. houses? I do a Halloween village. I have this like haunted house that uh, surrounds my fireplace mantle. And this year we kind of went a bit overboard on it, but it's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't put up anything. I just throw the front porch light on, let them know I'm open for business. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really spend anything on that. In the chat, Madeline uh, Klein says, I'm like father. I am like father Halloween. It is true. The way people mm -hmm. get about Christmas, I'm like that with Halloween big time. And you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm damn excited. And, yeah. I, and I think that's why this next story is so upsetting to me. Uh, on the show, through our work in Keep Canada Weird and throughout the work of all of the uh, staff members of our offices around the country and our correspondents around the world, we've highlighted a few very uncomfortable facts about the country we live in and the world around us. One is that animals are rising up and trying to reclaim their position as the apex life forms on Earth. Um, from, from humanity. But the other uncomfortable fact I think we've uncovered is that teenagers are becoming increasingly more disobedient. The severity of their disobedientness is increasing. The frequency in which they're performing acts of disobedience is also increasing. This next story, I think, is the work of teenagers. I'm going to call it Halloween Decoration Thieves. And I think you probably understand why. There's a fella named Mike Ziegler, and he, like me, goes big for Halloween. He lives in Waterloo, Ontario, and his home is known to many people as the Pumpkin House due to its elaborate Halloween decorations that has attracted visitors from across the province. He goes big for Halloween, and his house looks great as a result of it, but he's not doing it this year. And the reason he's not doing it is probably because of teenagers. Listen to this. This was the Halloween display put up by Mike Ziegler and his girlfriend Haley Melkert along Bridgeport Road at the start of the month. They do it every year, but now the front lawn is mostly empty after thieves took off with several expensive items. It just kind of sucked the joy out of the whole thing. And, you know, we've had multiple people come up and say, where is it? Where did it go? Like, we look forward to it every year. Melkert says each year there have been little items that have been taken, but about three years ago, they started having more expensive items taken each time. It's just not feasible to keep it out anymore. 
This year, a Carnival display was the plan, but someone took off with items worth $150 and $200. The spirit's broken. Like, Mike is, he like lives and breathes for this. We start designing it November 1st. The idea started years ago with Ziegler's dad, who inspired him to keep it going for both his family and the community to enjoy. They used to do something big every year, and he's kind of continued that tradition uh, with his own son. Each year, the displays get more intricate and typically include over 200 pumpkins, which has earned the property the name Pumpkin House. But Melkert says it takes a lot of work to get it done. Giant clown mouth took 22 hours to complete. Now with no display, Melkert says she knows it will be a disappointment to the local community and beyond. She's heard about people coming from as far as Ottawa, Toronto and Hamilton to see the display. Melkert says they have talked about possibly putting out some displays closer to Halloween, but after all the thefts, she doesn't know if they will do it again. Doesn't that just break your heart? Yeah, it is. It is unfortunate, but... Why don't you start on this? Because I I do have a few uh, uh oh, a few things to say about it. Here's what bothers me about it: is this isn't just like this these rich people who just went and got a bunch of uh, big store bought uh, inflatables and animatronic things on their lawn that they just you know went again went to Spirit Halloween or Walmart or something and bought the stuff on this on their lawn all look to be homemade to me like carved, like they cut stuff out of wood and painted it and, you know, and just kind of rigged together a, a haunted house, almost attraction on their front lawn. Uh, that hurts more to me than like, I can tell it was a work of passion. Um, and the idea that you spend that time to do it, yeah, I'm sure they enjoy it themselves, but it's also for the community to enjoy and for someone to just come by and steal it and screw with it. It just sucks, but not surprised at all because the world is full of pricks and idiots and they're going to prick an idiot on your stuff. Mm, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Now, now what's your, um, well, controversial I, opinion. I agree with you in mm -hmm. the sense that it is unfortunate that because these, like you say, these are homemade decorations that they're making, uh, put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, at the same time, I know when I was growing up, like mischief was part of Halloween. Mm -hmm. Like it, it really sure. was part of it, it's a cost of doing business uh, when you're when you're participating mm -hmm. in Halloween. That's true. Uh, so I feel like it's you know if you're going to be putting this type of display on, you have to expect that teenagers can't resist this like mm -hmm. that's you know it's like putting a pizza in front of somebody who's on a diet and saying oh you can't have a slice it's like no they're gonna have a slice mm -hmm. like it's you know we would always kind of plan out okay you know halloween's coming up what are we gonna do like who are we gonna egg uh, what are we going to steal? Oh, so-and-so's got a, a really cool skeleton on his front porch. I want that. You know, I, that's, you know, that's, that's what I've got my eye on that for the past couple of weeks. And I'm going to steal that uh, somehow, you know, wow. and not get caught. Like it was just part of the atmosphere and it was part of the fun of Halloween. Like we tried to keep it innocent enough, you know, annoying for sure. But innocent enough that it wasn't a big deal. Um, in this case, I agree that the fact that they're they're hand making these 
it does add a different element to it. But at the same time, it is Halloween. It's like if you complain that your your pumpkin got smashed on the street when it was sitting out on the step, it's like that's just what people do at Halloween. You know, you smash a pumpkin, you egg something. What we would have done with I don't think we would have targeted this one specifically, but what we had done in the past. I'm not officially admitting to these crimes, but I will say, you know, what we could have done in the past. Mm -hmm. This is like OJ Simpson's If I Did It book. If I Did It book, yeah. Um, But we would take, if we stole a decoration, we would put it in somebody else's yard down the street. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. And Uh, that was always like, we enjoyed that because it was, we were still stealing it and getting away with that. And then it would show up on their neighbor's lawn, like, far enough down that they don't know where it is right away but then they drive down the street and they see it in their neighbors yeah johnson you slept with my wife and you stole my skeleton let's check in with another correspondent um from keep from the keep canada weird army um this is from our calgary office this is georgia uh georgia will be giving us some information on the scene or on the state of the animal uprising in their area. Listen to this. Hi guys. Um, my name is Georgia. I've never done anything like this, but I started listening to your podcast today and I wanted to just kind of bring something up about the animal uprising that I don't think you guys have mentioned, but, um, A little bit ago, actually earlier this year in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, a coyote attacked a woman in broad daylight and wouldn't let go of her. And I think she was like hitting him and trying to get this coyote off and the coyote would not let go. They have been swarming basically the outskirts of our city, attacking dogs, attacking cats. Lots of cats have gone missing. Um, I guess that wouldn't necessarily be an animal uprise since that is animals attacking other animals. Um, I know we live in their environment. They don't live in ours since the city was basically built in their land. But I just think it's very interesting um, to hear something about that because I have been having an existential crisis myself of thinking that the animals are coming for us. Um, But I just think it's very interesting that... um, and that this is being covered in other places. And I thank you guys for covering it. I love your podcasts. Um, I don't need any candy because I do live in in Canada and I am aware of how delicious our wonder bars are. Thank you. Good. Um, my, my first thought in listening to George's message is Georgia tuned into the podcast by the sounds of it. Just found it the day of that recording. I just found it and started listening today. Mm. I think, I think Georgia absolutely found like the show she's been waiting for, noticing all these animal events, waiting for someone to like, you know, uh, lift the cover over this, uh, our, our nation's dirty secret of what's going on. And she ends up finding us and is compelled to write and join Keep Canada Weird Nation. Mm-hmm. As our newest correspondent mm-hmm. uh, at the front lines of the animal uprising. And yeah, when she talked about the the coyotes, I mean, that's happening all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know, although like we say, they are the, you know, they're the first step in the animal Mm -hmm. uprising. They're, they're coming right for people's ankles and they're not letting go. You're preaching to the choir here, Georgia. You found your people. Uh, We are on the case 
and we're going to try to if we can't negotiate some kind of deal i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but if anyone's going to negotiate a deal i think it's going to be us so yeah but like like we were like you were saying jordan um because georgia mentioned how the coyotes were you know attacking cats and mm -hmm. you know you're saying the cats are on our side and that that would make sense because of how good the cats have it yeah they're under, like they're like human control right? yeah cats are like we don't need to change anything no don't don't leave it the way it is <laughs> we have it really good going right now yeah exactly. you know they feed us they pet us you know i don't have to hunt anymore like it's great i just sit down and watch tv yeah exactly get my belly rubbed well the mm -hmm. cats like belly rubs that's more of a dog if thing. they trust you they they do they'll okay. expose their belly to you uh it's a sign that they're connected with you they trust you they feel safe around you so they will expose their bellies but mm -hmm. um if in that you're case, lucky you can enough rub them yeah yeah um but it it doesn't surprise me to hear that coyotes would be attacking cats cats certainly would be seen as traitors in yeah, the animal cats kingdom. are pro-human that's obvious uh you know i have a cat he doesn't attack me unless he wants to play um interesting well let's let's move on to we've made it clear that we believe the cats uh maybe have a unique spot in the context of the animal uprising i have a story about a cat and i've made it clear from the point that we began our work on keep canada weird that if cats are in the news in any way we will cover them uh cats were in the news last week and this is an interesting one this relates to a cat named Peter. So basically, uh, Morgan Day lost her cat Peter in Saint John in the Saint John, New Brunswick neighborhood of Milledgeville a half a decade ago. And if for anyone not in the know, a decade's ten years, half a decade's five years ago. Uh, Morgan, Peter's owner, along with her family and friends, searched everywhere as you would imagine they would when their cat goes missing. But Peter was nowhere to be found. And as the years passed without any news, they became less and less optimistic that Peter would ever show up on their doorstep. But all that changed in a very shocking way five years after his disappearance. Listen to this. Meet Peter, who went missing five years ago in St. John. Last week, he was reunited with his owner after the Facebook group Redhead Strays brought him to the vet and posted about his status. I was working here and, and my mom sent me the text message and she said, I don't want to upset you. And we kind of made our peace with this, but do you think this might be him? And she wouldn't have sent me anything unless she also thought that, that it could have been him. Owner Morgan Day remembered a few key characteristics confirming any suspicion this was her cat. Peter was in rough shape. He had lost a lot of weight and was covered in thousands of fleas. On Saturday, after a lot of TLC at Fundy Animal Hospital, he was ready for a homecoming a half decade in the making. Everyone loves a, a good news story and especially one about animals that ends <laughs> happily. People I haven't heard, of, heard from in years are reaching out to just say how amazing and incredible it is. I was so happy for Peter and I was so happy for Morgan. As for Peter's outdoor days, Day jokes, those are a thing of the past. They saved his life and gave him the happy ending that he deserves. <laughs> at the age of 14, it's safe to say Peter has used up at least a few of his nine lives. You know a lot more about cats than I do. Uh, I've only had one cat in my life, and that was as a child. Um, as long as I've known you, you've been a cat guy. Five years, though, of it mm -hmm. having walked away, I'm shocked to hear that that ends the way it does. 
Yeah, I I mean, cats do have a reputation of finding their way back. You know, there's that old song, the cat came back the very next day. Yeah, the very next day, not yeah, five yeah, years yeah. later. But um, I guess they do have some kind of an instinctual way, even if they've been gone for a long time, that it's possible that they could make their way back. Mm. Um, what do you think it's been doing for five years? How does it survive? I, like, I get that a cat can survive, but this is an old cat, not a young boy by any means. So he's basically elderly. Did they not say he was 14 years old? 14. Yeah, it's around that's the same a, age as my cat. That's old for a cat, right? Like your cat's not running the streets and surviving. No, no, streets he's an indoor cat. Months. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like it's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, cats live out in the street for years and years. I mean, an outdoor cat is, is going to have a shorter life expectancy than an indoor cat is because there's so many dangers out there, cars and coyotes, people and disease and other animals and crime, uh, crime and uh, lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, so it's possible it could live for five years out on the streets. It, Cats are resourceful. They're going to find things to eat. They're going to find places to sleep. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope when he's back home, though, he realizes like how, like, I hope he was just lost and he couldn't find his way home. And now that he's back to live out his like retirement from being on the streets, looked after by Morgan, who's I'm sure happy to have him back. I think that story has a yeah. happy ending. I certainly hope it's not the opposite situation where the cat left for a reason Oh. Did not like its owner. Back to an that you know home. what I yeah I'm just gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run away. I'm gonna live on the streets. Somebody finds the cat, recognizes this. That's my friend's cat. Drags the cat back, kicking and screaming. And the cat's like, "No, please don't bring me back there." She hugs me too much. Please. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I guess we'll never we'll never know the cat's point of view. We only get. Um... The way the media spins it and who knows mm -hmm. yeah so don't always believe everything you see about cats on the news that is an amazing segue because not only should you not believe everything you see about cats on the news you maybe shouldn't believe everything you see about advertising and promotion on the news uh just last week we talked about the pies at costco and the insane demand for them in certain areas of saskatchewan for the, these pumpkin pies. And I presented, not the theory, but I, I presented you with the question of, can you think of any other situations where artificial demand was created uh, as a way to promote a product? And you were stumped, but a listener named Santosh in Quebec, he was not stumped. He had an example. Listen to this. And this is going to lead into our next story as well. Mm, okay. Hello. Good morning. Uh, this is Santosh in Montreal. Uh, I'm calling regarding uh, the recent uh, uh, podcast about the Costco pies, the pumpkin pies. Um, and uh, I believe it was Jordan who asked, is there a case of another business also uh, potentially creating this kind of invented demand by saying that there's a, there's a craze, there's, a, there's a so much demand right now just to create a buzz? Um, and I think one of the classic examples would be the the, the, the classic nightclub that forces uh, people to line up outside, uh, even though there's no one inside, uh, literally creating a, uh, creating the illusion of demand, uh, which creates its own demand. So 
that is, there is precedent for businesses doing this. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I never considered that um, before. I'm going to use that to introduce the next story, unless you want to react or comment on on this. Well, idea. I will say that, although that that might have worked in the past, the strategy of having a lineup outside the bar, even though there's plenty of room inside, the lineup would completely deter me from wanting to go into that bar because I'm like, there's absolutely no way I'm first off waiting in line. And if there's a lineup around the block, it's got to be packed in there. And I don't want to go in if it's packed because mm. I like a nice quiet bar with just a handful of people in there where you can relax and have a conversation. It's not loud. It's not obnoxious. So that would have the opposite effect on me. Hmm. But I, I do see some, there are people who want to be in the most happening spot. Um, I, I think it could work, but the reason I thought that uh, voicemail from Santosh was so timely is I have a story. This is a little outside of the scope of what we usually do here on Keep Canada Weird, but you know I'm a sucker for like a good deal and thrifting and vintage stuff and flea markets and value village. You know, I go crazy about that stuff. And when I came upon this story of a place that's um, opening in some parts of Canada, I just couldn't help but share it with you and with um, Keep Canada Weird Nation. There's a, a retail store it's called Crazy Bins. It has 10 locations in Ontario, and it's offering shoppers a real-life treasure hunt with its unique discount pricing structure. Crazy Bins specializes in reselling online returns or out-of-season goods or overstocked items, and their business has many consumers lined up for it. And this is uh, there are incredible lineups on Thursdays, and you'll see why when I play the story. The, the pricing structure is really unique. We'll, we'll listen to the story and then we can talk about uh, if this is somewhere you would want to go. At this Crazy Bins location in Mississauga, bargain hunters are searching through more than 50 bins full of merchandise, hoping to find a deal. Most of the products in these bins are returns from online shopping websites, goods that may be out of season and overstock items. We get brand name items. We've gotten Apple AirPods, we've gotten MacBook Pros, um, digital cameras, $1,000 camera lenses, gaming chairs, furniture. Store manager Jesse Vogt says the most sought after products are usually electronics because the highest price in the store, no matter what the item is, is $25. We have a stick vacuum, a massage gun, and we have a Bronze Series 6 for $25. You are not finding that anywhere. At this store on Friday, everything is priced at $25. On Saturday and Sunday, the price drops to $10. And then Monday, 5 Tuesday, 3 And Wednesday and Thursday, $1 per item. On Thursday night, we close at 4 o'clock. And then we restock everything for be fresh for Friday morning. Many people who shop here say it's like a treasure hunt. You never know what you're going to find. Oh, I come here every once in a while to see what they got on special. They got some good deals. I got a $299 vacuum cleaner. Cordless vacuum cleaner from here, 25 bucks. If you need it, you should buy it because you won't get it any cheaper. The best deals go fast and there are lineups when new stock is brought in. While many people are shopping for themselves, others are buying goods they hope to resell to make a profit. Customers are limited to one expensive item to keep it fair for other shoppers, so you couldn't buy two PlayStations. Crazy Bins has been growing fast with 18 stores and may open more locations in the future. I just get so excited by that. I would love to go there on a Thursday when they're just bringing out all the stuff. 
It's uh, like when stuff gets returned, if you return it to like Amazon or, you know, these online places, it's not like they put it back in their warehouse and, and you know, and resell it to the next person that gets like liquidated somehow. At one point, I think it, a lot of it went to landfill, but then people started seeing the opportunity to resell it and, you know, whatever. Um, the idea of a store that does it this way, I think that's just exciting. Yeah, it's a really interesting idea. I, 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 I don't know. For me, I, I can't see me really using it as part of my regular shopping routine. I could, mm -hmm. I could see me going in there, kind of if I was bored one day and just to kind of look around and see, and, and mm -hmm. once in a while. But because my shopping needs are usually so in the moment, like I need something very specific. And I'm going to kind of price around and see where I could buy that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but in this moment, like you don't know what's going to be there. Mm -hmm. So if like, if you say, I, I want a new camera, um, I'm going to keep going back to this place until over I... and over and over again until yeah. I eventually find a $25 camera. Um, that might take a very, very, very long time. Yeah, this is you go in there kind of like if you were going to Value Village or like a thrift store or something, you go in there and if something catches your eye, you're like, I got a use for that. It's so cheap and marked down that you can justify like it's 25 bucks. I'll take the chance. And then, you know, and that's if you get there the day they, they bring out their fresh stock. But even if you're on the tail end of it and there's just a bunch of crap there, it's only a dollar each on that last day because they just, they're just giving it away because they need to empty their space so they can, you know, bring in the next load of stuff. It's kind of crazy yeah. that there's that much stuff, but I think people are, are very quick to return things, of course. And, you know, if, if companies want to sell it to us online, they got to deal with us sending it back because it didn't fit or it wasn't like it looked on their website. Mm -hmm. So I, I, think yeah, it's a, no. I think it's a cool idea. I'm excited about it. I'm one of the things that made me so excited is they have 10 locations in Toronto. I'm going to Toronto very soon. And I'll tell you, I'm oh, hitting right. crazy bins. Yeah, and... you got to go to crazy bins for sure and oh. uh, and take some pictures. But I can just imagine, though, how awful the experience might be. Because uh, you can imagine the, the type of people that will flock to a place like this and how mm -hmm. savage they are. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you go to, you know, to Walmart on a Saturday afternoon and everybody is there and everybody's jammed into the aisles and, and everyone's being pigs and everybody's grabbing and yelling at each other. And I could see this getting a little hectic. I think, I don't know if that's just Saturdays. I find Walmart is like a dangerous place, mm -hmm. especially if you go at night, like they're open a little late here. I, I had to grab something. I went to Walmart last week at night and I was like, kind of like freaked out in there i was like i gotta get out i'm gonna get hurt in here um yeah so I, I imagine crazy bins would get pretty wild sometimes especially on those 25 dollars days when the stock just gets you know replenished and then all of the wolves come out and they're just biting at each other's necks out mm -hmm. for blood trying to get you know the best 25 dollars items that they can Especially because it's bin style too. Yeah, like it's it's just like everybody's arms flailing about. You know, people are getting accidentally and purposefully punched in the face quite often at oh. crazy bins. Oh yes, constantly. And it's like if uh, if you are just um, listening to the audio and you didn't see shots from within crazy bins, it looks like it's like a retail version of like a pig's trough. The way the store seems to be set up is it's just these long rows of 
like kind of like tables made out of plywood that are just full of stuff in various states of packaging and um, people just digging through it. They say it's, they described it as like a treasure hunt. I would describe it more as like digging through a dump and finding, you know, interesting pieces of garbage is I guess what it would be like on the final days when things are a dollar or $2 each to be random crap. But I'm excited. Yeah, it would be, it would be probably all crap, but um, like I could see people getting addicted to it too, where, you know, your, your husband comes home and he's reeks of crazy bins and he's got all this stuff that he doesn't need at all. It's like, no, it was $25. That's why I bought it. It's like, yeah, you didn't need it at all. It was $25. Now our house looks like a mini crazy bins and we have all this stuff that we don't need. It's, I could see it getting totally at hand for some people. I could Mm. see it ending families. Like, uh, wow. Like it's like basically online gambling. Yeah. 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 And alcohol addicted to crazy bins ever since it opened. You um, haven't been the same. I'm looking at the time here. We got to wrap this up. We had to keep Canada weird. And oh my goodness, I think we did it tonight. We've covered the basis. We got Halloween in. We got animals in. We got crazy people and crazy bins. We've heard from correspondents from across the country and across the world. Or maybe, no, I think it was all Canadians we've heard from tonight. It was tonight, yeah. But we're going to end with a little discussion about a not Canadian correspondent. Do you remember Astrid from Germany that we heard from maybe last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it or last two week? Two weeks ago or? Two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, something like that. Astrid, I was so impressed by her voice memo, as were you, that I offered, I said, Astrid, if you're listening to this, contact me. Aaron and I are going to send you some Canadian treats. And you said, I'm not going to do it. And I said, that's all right. I will send it to Astrid. Uh, Astrid wrote me and was... Um, honored that we made that offer uh, and said, I would be happy to receive Canadian treats to sample them and provide you reviews in the form of voice memos. So I'm just going to say, I went to a store today and on my phone, I was looking up what's not available outside of Canada. I got a whole collection of bars and treats to send to Germany to Astrid. And I'm thinking she's probably going to send us like a, I'm going to ask her to send us like separate reviews of each product as she tries mm-hmm. it. So maybe we can string it out over a few episodes. Yeah. Uh, but Astrid, if you're listening to this, oh man, you have, you got a package coming mm-hmm. and we can't wait to hear what you think of it. The only thing I want to say before we go to bed is that um, anyone out there who has seen a ghost has seen a werewolf, has seen Dracula, has had any kind of encounter with the supernatural or the paranormal. We're closing in on the next recording, or on, we are closing in on this year's Halloween special. Aaron, Madeleine Klein, and myself are going to review and unpack your encounters with the beyond. If you have something to share, uh, contact me by email at nighttimepodcast.gmail at gmail.com or go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact and send it in the form of a voice memo. We'd love to include you. But until then, Aaron. Yes, Jordan, until next time. Until next. Oh, I said until then. You until- said it wrong. Yeah. Until next time, Aaron. <laughs> Jordan, until next time. Um, man, we've went through a lot tonight. So what, what do I call back to? Um, well, why don't we just say... Jordan, until next time, make sure you say until next time. Next time I will. 
I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something happens in your neck of the woods, please become a Keep Canada Weird correspondent by sending us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We can't wait to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader who provides the intro and outro voiceovers and Monty Data who contributes the music for this series. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the Nighttime Podcast Premium Feed. Daniel, Chris, and Leslie, thank you for going premium. If anyone else would like to support the show, you can do it in a variety of ways. First of all, premium feed subscriptions fund the creation of the show, but they also give subscribers access to the episodes two days early, access to the episodes ad-free, and access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If that sounds like something you'd like, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or contribute any kind of question or comment to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at Nighttime Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hickory sticks. Is that a Canadian treat? I think it is. Yeah, I almost bought a bag of hickory sticks tonight. I was at the grocery store and they were right on the aisle like when you're when you're going to the register and there's always a rack of chips and bars there. Yeah. Yeah, that's for stoned people. That's just Yeah, yeah. Can't resist. I was stoned on sticks, man. I wanted to buy a bag so bad. Uh, hickory sticks are a unique treat. They're the only chip that is cut into little thin sticks. They're like mini seasoned French fries in chip form. They are. And, but what is the seasoning? Like they're, of course, they're hickory. salty. Is it hickory? Is that, they're of course, it's hickory. They're called hickory sticks. Is there any, but what else is in, what else is hickory? What else is that know. used for other than hickory sticks? What even That's is it? it? Hickory is it, was invented for sticks. Is hickory wood or is that a seasoning? Uh, we, we've, we've really cracked an egg here. We need to kind of, I think we need to call it a night. Okay. I think we're getting way I, too deep into this. I know nothing about hickory other than hickory sticks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Yeah, that's all you need to know and just yeah. go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>